0: Kia ora, I'm Bernard Hickey and welcome to the Dawn Chorus on Tuesday the 29th of June for the Kaka. Today I want to focus on climate change. We've had emergency declarations by the government last year and by Auckland Council in 2019. So you'd think they'd be treating it like an emergency and making sure plenty of money was spent on public transport. Obviously we need to shift people out of cars into buses and trains and into cycling and walking. So what's actually happening? Well, yesterday, the Auckland Council voted on a 10-year regional land transport plan, which sets out what sort of investment they'll be doing, when, in what type of public transport and other transport, and um, whether they can afford it. Well, Auckland decided that it was going to um, essentially delay its busway out to the eastern suburbs that would have connected Panmure with botany and that's despite um, the Climate Commission saying that New Zealand needs to reduce its carbon emissions by 38% over the next 14 years and that also assumes there is a trebling of public transport use in Auckland to essentially uh, uh, get a lot of people out of their cars and into buses. So why is Auckland doing this? Why is it deciding not to spend on a busway? Well, in New Zealand, about half of the spending on public transport comes from the government in the form of NZTA Waka Kotahi and half from councils. Ten days ago, NZTA Waka Kotahi told councils all around the country that it was cutting back on its plans for public transport because of cost blowouts and other projects. Now, why would it be doing this? Well, the government has essentially said it is trying to keep a lid on debt. That's why it cancelled the uh, Mill Road project in South Auckland, which would have freed up 30,000 houses, and cancelled a big road around the back of Tauranga, which would also have freed up around 10,000 houses. And NZTA is cutting back on public transport. Now, you could argue, well, gee, we've just spent a lot of money on on dealing with COVID, so yeah, that makes sense, we're cutting back, uh, we must be incredibly indebted. Well, that's not the case. When you compare our net debt with other countries, particularly if you include the Superfund, which other countries do include that in their net debt targets, we are substantially lower than everyone else. And um, you can see some charts in the, um, uh, in the email that has uh, gone out with this podcast to show that. In fact, New Zealand has been a serial offender on public infrastructure spending for at least 30 years. This is because of the Public Finance Act from 1989, which was designed in an era when New Zealand did have a lot of debt relative to others, and the bond markets were willing to punish countries that had high debt. This was the era of the bond vigilantes. Things are different now, we have a savings glut globally, And bond investors are desperate to buy government bonds. Uh, And that means that interest rates are incredibly low. In fact, our borrowing costs are now much, much lower than they've ever been, even though we've got significantly more nominal debt. And so this combination of not investing in infrastructure and not investing in public transport in particular has meant that our climate emissions have risen close to 40% since 1990 when we signed up to the first uh, climate change accord. And at the same time, our house prices have risen faster than anywhere else in the world. In fact, the combination and not having a capital gains tax, which makes us the exception, and also our significantly lower infrastructure investment because of the Uh, um, Public Finance Act's direction about reducing government debt has uh, meant that we do have those fastest growing house prices in the world. If you're a cynic, you would say that the government is making sure that it keeps infrastructure spending low, so that it keeps public debt low, so that it keeps interest rates a little bit lower than they would otherwise be and the combination of slightly lower debt and slightly lower interest rates along with lower infrastructure spending and therefore lower housing supply is a perfect combination to keep house prices and asset prices high. That's uh, a quick look at what's happening on the public transport front. Now what else is going on today that we need to keep an eye on? Obviously COVID-19 is the big story and in Australia Things unfortunately have gotten worse over the last 24 hours. There have been 23 new community cases recorded, including 18 in New South Wales. The big news is that Perth has announced a four-day SNAP lockdown. That's after it found three cases that look like they've come in from New South Wales. Queensland looks like it's going to announce a SNAP lockdown for Brisbane later on today. That's after it found two cases that seem to have come from the New South Wales Delta variant outbreak that's focused around uh, uh, Bondi Junction. There are now 271 of those active cases in Australia. The uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison has announced that people under the age of 40 will now have access to the AstraZeneca vaccine. You might recall that um, a few months ago, because of fears about blood clots amongst young AstraZeneca uh, vaccine recipients, Australia decided to ban those people from getting the vaccine, well obviously they're very keen now to get people vaccinated and of course the risk of those blood clots is much, much, much lower than the risk of catching COVID, particularly long COVID for these young people. Um, uh, So uh, that's why Australia had decided to open up the AstraZeneca vaccine to those under the age of 40. However, there is some good news on the vaccine front. Overnight in the States, we've received um, study uh, research showing that the mix and match approach where you get one of the Pfizer's and one of the AstraZeneca's actually gives you even more protection than if you have the two doses of Pfizer. Now, that's encouraging because it makes it easier for countries to run multiple vaccine approaches. Unlike New Zealand, where we have focused on the Pfizer vaccine, And uh, that uh, raises some questions about whether New Zealand should also be going to get other vaccines to do mix and match. It is only one study, but worth having a look. Although the Pfizer vaccine, another study shows, uh, is also looks like it's giving people protection against COVID-19 for a longer period and potentially years, meaning maybe we don't need to have boosters. Again, early study results. Elsewhere on the economic front and the global political economy, one thing to watch out for, um, that's, um, news breaking out of this, out of Australia in this morning, uh, actually the Australian Financial Review, which has investment banking sources saying that Straight NZ, this is the company that owns Bluebridge Shipping and, uh, also a couple of, um, freight companies that potentially is worth over half a billion dollars and has 400 staff, that is now up for sale. It's currently owned by an Australian private equity group, and we'll see um, how much uh, that gets. Also news to keep an eye out, there's in the press today, a piece uh, on a new study showing that sea level rise in New Zealand has been faster than uh, we'd previously expected. And also an interesting report from uh, Staff's Thomas Mensch that the SIS has already has access, full access to one of the CCTV networks in one of the cities. And we don't know which one. Later on today, I'll be covering the um, expected release of the first draft of the uh, replacement for the Resource Management Act or one of the, one of the acts. This will be the Natural and Built Environments Act. And uh, there's other acts to come, including the Strategic Planning Act and the Climate Change Adaptation Act. Uh, We'll see whether all this gets through before 2023. And um, keep an eye out too for a speech from the Reserve Bank Governor just after 4pm. Today he's been talking about uh, financial, he's going to be talking about financial literacy. There we go. It is. 7.45 on Tuesday the 29th of June. That was the Dawn Chorus on the Kaka. I'm Bernard Hickey.